Back to throw Fitzpatrick. Throw it high into the air. Got it. Parker touchdown. What a win for this Miami Dolphin team. Wow. What is up, Dolphins, and welcome to the Drive Time Podcast, part of the Miami Dolphins official podcast network covering your team, your Miami Dolphins, each and every day. How's it going, everybody? It is Wednesday. I am your host, Travis Wingfield, and I am here to bring you your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football. And on today's show, we're going to hear from Coach Flores and his Wednesday morning media availability and some players for the last time before the bye week starts. Dolphins on the practice field today will have Thursday through Sunday off before they are back in the building. We're also going to get to the Emmanuel Ogba feature. Had a great interview with the team leader in sacks earlier this week. We'll cover that and much more on this Wednesday, October the 21st edition of the Drive Time Podcast. That's another Miami Dolphins. And Drive Time is brought to you by AutoNation. There are so many reasons to drive pink, but for AutoNation, there is only one. To finish the fight against cancer. In fact, AutoNation has helped raise over $25 million to drive out cancer. To join the fight, visit the AutoNation store near you or drivepink.com. We're going to hear from Emmanuel Ogba here in just one second. I had an exclusive interview with him earlier in the week. His five sacks lead the Miami Dolphins. He's up there on the NFL leaderboard in run stops, pressures, quarterback hits, all the stats you want to see and hear from your defensive end. Emmanuel Ogba is up there. But first, before we get to that, we have some news on this Wednesday afternoon here on the Drive Time Podcast. Quarterback Tua Tungavailoa has been named the starter for the Week 8 game against the Los Angeles Rams at Hard Rock Stadium. Of course, Tua made his debut on the final series of the Jets game, played five snaps, had two passes, completed both of them for nine yards, and picked up that first down. We talked about the third down conversion on the podcast on Tuesday, so if you haven't done that, go back and check that out with the all the other All-22 notes on that podcast. Let's go ahead and get to Coach Flores' presser here in just one second, which was mostly questions about the new quarterback here in Miami. But first, I want to go back to April because we have so many new listeners to the show since we started back in February and had the draft interviews back in April after the Dolphins did sec- select Tungavailoa with the fifth pick in the draft. I want to go back to my interview with Tua post-draft when I asked him to break down the couple of throws he had here. One, the game winner in the national championship a few years back, his freshman year there at Alabama, and also a deep shot in the LSU game this past year because one of the things you read from from draft analysts, from Trent Dilfer, from the people at NFL Network, ESPN, Mel Kuyper, all those folks, they talk about this guy's recall, his ability to process information. I think we talked about that a little bit on the third down conversion play, the way he got from one side of the field to the next and found Jakeem Grant on that throw. Just want to go ahead and play this audio from back in April when Tua broke down those two plays for me here on drive time. Uh, Well, we're in three by one set. So we had four verticals, you know, really I could have worked two, two guys. I could have worked the bender, uh, which is the middle of three. And then I, I, I could have looked the safety off and, and came backside. And you know, I, I decided to look the safety off, kind of held the safety inside on number three coming over and went back out. Safety kind of was misaligned. And we were, we were lucky that the corner corner gave our receiver a free release. And so that's that's why it was it was so wide open. And then you come back this year in the big game against LSU and you catch the LSU defense sleeping with a quick count on the uh, another touchdown pass to teammate again, uh, Devontae Smith once more. What happened on that play? Because I saw that play live, and I was like, how did they get him like that? Yeah, so it, it was it was a snap count. I, I took a step up. The step up was really the, the biggest thing. We, we wanted 
we wanted to make that play look as if we were actually looking to the sideline for a play, but it was a dummy, it was a dummy clap, dummy kind of signal going into to that. And I mean, we, we, we knew a play we, we wanted already. So once we got those guys to look to their sideline, we snapped the ball, they were misaligned and I try to hold um, their middle of the field safety, you know, in the middle of the field for as long as I could before going back outside to Devontae Smith for the touchdown. So there you go. You have that edition of the Drive Time Podcast back in April. It was the Tua Tungavailoa interview here on the Drive Time Podcast. We also had Austin Jackson, Noah Egbenogany. If you guys want to go back in the archives and check that stuff out, we'll talk more about Tua on this show and to Tua later on in this episode. Let's go ahead and hear from Coach Flores, though, in his Wednesday morning media availability. And he was first asked how he came to the decision to go ahead and make Tua Tungavailoa the starting quarterback here in week number eight. You know, practice, we talked about it as a staff. Um, Chris, personnel department, we just felt like it was the best move for the team right now. Uh, that's how we're going to move forward. I feel like, you know, through practice and meetings and walkthroughs that he's ready. And you know, that's, that's how we're going to go moving forward. And coach, continue that thought on the next question here posed to him about the decision to make the move right now compared to a possible future switch at the quarterback spot. You know, this was the, you know, the best move for our team right now. You know, look, Fitz has done a great job. He's been productive, um, his leadership has been great. Um, it's not a, it's not an easy decision, um, you know, for me or us as an organization. But uh, we felt like, you know, for the team now, moving forward, this is the, the move we needed to make. Up next, coach was asked about his confidence level in Tua and why he thinks he might play well when he gets into the lineup. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm confident in all our players, uh, to include Tua. I think he's practiced well. He's uh, he works hard, um, you know, in meetings and walkthroughs and. I think he's got a good rapport with his teammates. Like every week we go out to win. So yeah, I'm confident that he's, you know, if we if we prepare the right way, prepares the way he's been preparing, that I'm confident we'll 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 uh we'll we'll go out there and, and, and have good results. But it's not a it's not a one man game. And I think that's that's the one thing that um I mean it's football. So you need eleven guys on each each play uh, to go out there and play together and play as a team. I'm confident that we will do we'll be able to do that, you know go out and play as a team and play um, with great energy and, and, and hopefully good execution. Um, you know, the one thing on this situation that that's unfortunate is that I didn't get a chance to, to address the team before this was out, um, you know, in the media. Um, it's not the way I, you know, I or we want to do business. Unfortunately, that's kind of the way of the world right now. Um, so that's, that's unfortunate. Um, I, yeah, I could, you know, I'm not, I'm not happy about that at all. You know, I'll, I'll address that to the team and really apologize to them that they had to find out through social media. It's, I don't think that's fair to them. So, and every action has a reaction, right? So, Tua Tagovailoa, the starting quarterback, that means Ryan Fitzpatrick will step in to that number two quarterback role, and for my money, the best backup quarterback in the entire National Football League right now. Coach Flores was asked about the importance of Ryan Fitzpatrick in that role and how much his guidance will help serve Tua in this new position for both of those players. Look, Fitz has been, he's been, he's been great. He's been great really for the last two years or a year and a half. Um, I don't know if there's anybody who's been more instrumental in, in trying to uh, instill a culture and instill a embody, you know, a lot of the things that we're, we're looking for from a toughness, competitiveness, uh, team first is so, and he's, you know, he's, he's had made an impact on Tua, but a lot of other players on this team. So I have a great respect for him. And, you know, that made this decision uh, 
very tough. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, as a team, we felt like this the, the, the best thing to do for our team uh, now moving forward was to go with Tua. But I think, uh, you know, Fitz and the way he handles himself, you know, his his, his impact on the team, I think it, it'll still be there. Um, but he's been he's been a tremendous uh, asset and uh, leader on this team. And I'm sure, like most of you, you've probably watched this team for many, many years now. And for me, 33 years old next week, actually one week from today, I turned 33 years old. So I've been watching this team since the 90s, man. Like I've I've seen the quarterbacks. I've seen the 21 different quarterbacks we've started since we got here now with Tua, who will be the 22nd starting quarterback since Dan Marino retired. And I mean, I can't look back upon maybe maybe one quarterback that's as memorable as Ryan Fitzpatrick and the impact I think he will long-term have on this organization. Like, just want to say a, a straight-up thank you to Fitz for what he's done and what he's meant to this organization to help steady the ship last season, to come in this year and play his ass off and, and keep the Dolphins competitive in all six games so far this season, win three of them in blowout fashion. So Ryan Fitzpatrick really just... I think we're all as Dolphins fans going to look back on this 5, 10, 15, 20 years down the line and say, man, Fitz, that was that was a special year and a half he had. And it was we we're, we're grateful that he was here. And I certainly feel that way. I hope all of Dolphins Nation does as well. Let's go ahead and pull some audio from earlier this month back in, I think it was early October, when a couple of players were asked about Tua at their press availabilities. And first we had Jerome Baker, who was asked about Tua Tungavailoa and what he had seen in practice around the building from the quarterback. I want to go ahead and play that audio for you guys. Here is the Dolphins linebacker from back on October 7th about Tua Tungavailoa. Um, we, we kind of, uh, one thing I always tell, you know, Tua, he, he actually comes around and asks the defensive guys and how he can get better. Uh, for me, it's just, you know, just try it. Whatever you think you can make that window, try it. It's going to help you. It's going to help us. Um, you know, just, just do whatever you can to get better. You know, in practice, that's your time to really practice, uh, really just trying to do things that you normally wouldn't do. Um, but yeah, he's a smart guy. He he's a competitor. Uh, even you know his first few weeks, he was coming into the defensive rooms and asking us uh, how to see this, how to do that. Um, so whenever his time is, whenever his time come, I'm sure he'd be ready. And I referenced the Nick Saban detail episode of ESPN Plus from back in the call or the the draft time of the calendar, I should say. And during all that stuff too, we heard about Tua's impact as far as the way he treats people around the building and how nice and inviting he is. Joe Shadow, the Palm Beach Post, wrote an article about the relationship he has with former offensive coordinator Mike Loxley, who is now the head coach at Maryland, and how this he the impact he had on people and how special he made everybody feel on campus. And you get the same feeling here in Miami that he's just that kind of bright vibrant, very positive guy. Like Ryan Fitzpatrick said here back on that same day, October 7th, the same day as Jerome Baker. Here's Fitz on how how Tua is around the building and how that positive spirit is such an uplifting thing for the teammates around him. I mean, he he's just a very positive guy in general, you know, a guy that it, it doesn't seem like he's ever had a bad day. So um, I, I just think it's important, especially in the NFL, every every week is so extreme, whether you won and you're on your way to the Super Bowl, you lost and the sky is falling and everybody needs to be fired and benched. It's just staying level and, you know, keeping that that good vibe, those good feelings. Sometimes when you lose, it's tough to do, but it's an important thing to have in the building. And I would just say with him, that's kind of his personality. You know, every day he kind of comes in and uh, has a smile on his face. So, 
in, in times like this where you've lost a few and, you know, the outside world thinks the sky is falling, it's nice to have those guys walking through the locker room upbeat and, you know, with a smile on their face. And I think that's really just a bigger picture story here for the Miami Dolphins about the types of players they brought in, right? Mentally tough guys. Football's important to them. They want to go out there and compete and play well and have results on Sundays. And that was played. That interview was back when the Dolphins were one and three before the two blowout victories of the Niners and the Jets. And that was kind of the makeup and the feeling in the building was we can play better football. We know we're better than a one and three team. And that positive spirit, that get back to work mindset and put the work in to get the results on Sunday is just kind of exemplified throughout the organization. And when you draft a quarterback with the fifth pick in the draft, you hope that he kind of helps accelerate that way you want your football team to be. And I think Fitzpatrick does a good job right there kind of laying out that that's it. That is, in fact, what Tua is from a personality standpoint, from a character standpoint, for an uplifting, help kind of rise the tide of all the teammates around you type of character at that all-important quarterback position. Let's go ahead and play one more player clip here from that same day. I suppose we were talking about Tua a lot back on October the 7th. Jesse Davis was asked about what he saw with Tua Tungavailoa. And I even saw some people breaking down the rollout pass from Tua, the first completion of his career to Patrick Laird. And yeah, it did look sharp. Ball jumped off of his hand. Uh, the coaching staff, Chan Gailey, talked about a little bit on the Monday or Tuesday, rather, media availability, how they did not expect the corner blitz right there. And Tua kind of had to work around him and throw that ball on time and on target. And he did. And you saw the pop on the arm and the athletic ability to get outside the pocket. Here's what Jesse Davis has seen in his rookie quarterback. Yeah, and you know, Tua, you know, he's a, you know, he's a superstar athlete, you know, he, you know, we, everybody's seen all his highlights and all this stuff, you know, that's what he brings to the table. So plenty of good stuff there from the Dolphins, new starting quarterback, Tua Tungavailoa from his teammates, from his mentor and Ryan Fitzpatrick, plenty to look forward to here with this Miami Dolphins football team and one player that has helped this team get out to a three and three start so far, win the last two games and really just buried opposing offenses the last couple of weeks and lead to the fourth best scoring defense in the National Football League has been pass rusher Emmanuel Ogba. We talked about him on the podcast a little bit throughout the course of the week, had him on the media availability. This guy has just been wrecking shop plays so many positions along that defensive line. He kicks out wide and rushes the passer. He comes inside as a stunter, a looper, kind of working back inside as a pass rusher. He kicks down inside to the three technique. He flips the opposite sides of the formation. This guy is just getting it done all over the defensive line for your Miami Dolphins. And I had a chance to have an exclusive interview with Emmanuel talking about kind of his production, his work ethic, where he learned that work ethic, his upbringing, his father, and plenty more. Let's go ahead and welcome in Emmanuel Ogba here to the Drive Time Podcast. And riding shotgun now is a man with a sack in three consecutive games, at least a half a sack in the last five games. He has five total on a defense with 16 sacks on the season, which at the time of this recording is sixth best in the NFL. Emmanuel Ogba. Emmanuel, how you feeling, man? I'm feeling good, you know, excited and just happy to be here. And, you know, you've you've been playing a lot this year. And uh, we talk, I like to ask the guys a question about how they're feeling after a game day or, you know, going into the bye week. You've been playing plenty of snaps this year. Is that bye week coming at the right time for you? Oh, yeah. Thank God. It's like, I feel like this bye week is like a blessing in disguise. Like, we need we need a rest. So, I know, and we got a lot of guys kind of banged up, you know, that's going to get some rest too. And we're, we're happy to have those guys back for next week. Yeah, especially in that front seven, we had some guys leave and come back and guys that left and didn't come back in the game on Sunday over the Jets. But for you personally, through six games, you played 296 snaps, Emmanuel. That's 77% of the defense's total, and that's on pace for just under 800 snaps. Your career average is 631 snaps per year. Was the opportunity to play more kind of part of the reason you wanted to come here to Miami? 
I mean, of course, you know, you always want to be out there. You always want to be out there with your brothers. But, yeah, you know, you just got to um, – I just got to do a better job, you know, taking care of myself, make sure I'm good, sleep, eating right, <clears throat> just make sure everything is solid to go. So. Well, that, that's all the good off-the-field stuff you have to take care of. But you've also taken the opportunity so far and ran with it. As we mentioned, five sacks does lead the team. What, what is it about this system that allows you to really thrive, the pass rush scheme they have up front that allows you to get to the quarterback so often? The coaching-wise, you know, they trust me. I trust them. They let me do my thing, you know, and they believe in me. So I'm just excited they gave me the opportunity when a few others couldn't give me the opportunity. And I'm sure Coach Hobby has something to do with that too, right? Yeah, and Coach Austin. <laughs> For sure. Well, the reason I bring up Coach Hobby is because you're a big dude, Emmanuel. Uh, I, I've seen you around the building. You definitely tower over plenty of people, but so is Coach Hobby. And, you know, I see him in, in the kitchen or whatever sometimes. I'm just like, I, I think he's a player. That might be a player right there. Yeah. Have you ever played with a coach that maybe, obviously, you probably can take him now a little bit in his older age, but have you ever played with a, or played under a coach that you think that maybe could match up with some of the guys in that defensive room and maybe even 10, 15 years ago could outright take some of his players in a straight-up fight? Yeah, <clears throat> my time in Cleveland, I played uh, Coach Clyde Edwards. He was my defensive line coach, and he played with Reggie White. So I played, so I played for him in Cleveland. So I'll say he's kind of similar to Coach Hobby, also the big, real big guys. You know, that can, um, that you know, back in the day they used to be dogs. So you know, it's just good to have one of those around. Yeah, you definitely get that sense from Coach Hobby. I, I always just I, I laugh about seeing him. Like I think this guy could still play in the league right now <laughs> if he needed to. But uh, you know that's that's the current success you've had right now in the NFL with the Miami Dolphins. But I want to go back uh, to to some of your humble beginnings, which I think makes your story even more enjoyable. Emmanuel okay. and Vera, our outstanding PR intern, shared with me the Players Tribune article from 2016. And okay. in that passage, you detail your upbringing. You lived in Lagos, Nigeria, until you were nine years old. And you talk about the amazement of things as simple as like a traffic light, for instance, when you yeah. got to the States. Can you tell us a little bit about growing up in Lagos? Um, you know, growing up, I don't really remember much because I was young when I first came. But uh, one of the reasons why my, my, my dad decided to bring his family here was a lot of corruption back in the day. And so my dad kind of wanted to move us for a better life for his kids. And so, so that opportunity, I just took the opportunity and ran with it. You know, my dad had a dream to come here and we finally came here, you know. That's why I attribute my hard work to him, you know, looking up, looking up to him, seeing him work hard for his family and all that. That just inspired me to work hard and make sure I take care of him. Yeah, because you write in the story, you know, he was a college grad in Nigeria, a bank manager, and then he basically decides to come to the States and has to hit the reset button, as, you know, so many migrants coming to the States do have to do. And just to find that better opportunity to Houston, can you tell us a little bit more about, you know, what he instilled in you as far as that work ethic and how you were able to take that example and put it into your NFL career? Just just stay humble. You know, he's a humble guy. And, you know, I learned, I learned that from him, just be humble and just – do your assignment, do your job, you know, be thankful every time, you know, you're blessed and you're in a good position, you know, just stay faith, have a strong faith in God and just, just be your best every time you're out there and give your best every time. How much have you shared this story with either your coaches, or your teammates? Uh, I mean, they ask here and there because obviously I'm an immigrant. So I was born in Nigeria. So, you know, they ask, sometimes they'll ask, you know, where I'm from, how it was like over there. And I tell them the same thing. I don't kind of remember, but, you know, it was, it, was, it, was, it, was, it was a struggle back then. But, you know, I'm glad to be in the position I'm in. Right. And, and you know, you talk about in the same article, your film study, you know, and this is back in college at Oklahoma State. You talk about it's not just about studying your opponent, 
but picking your own game apart piece by piece. And so now we are almost five years after that article, Emmanuel. I have to ask you, what have you liked so far about your performance this year and what's an area you can improve on? I just feel like as I get older, my 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 uh my feel for the game grows and you know, I just I know a lot more than I did back in the day, you know. Like you said, when you get older, you get wiser, like the saying goes. But uh, <clears throat> it helps. It just helps me stay focused, like the watching film. I see things that I didn't see before. You know, just, just paying attention to little details kind of helps my game out, man. And also in this article, this is a fascinating point to me. You talk about rushing the passer in the Big 12. It's, it's arena football out there in the Big 12, right? These guys yeah. are going up and down the field. You talk about playing sometimes 100 snaps a game going up against Trayvon Boykin and Baker Mayfield. What does conditioning look like for someone that logs that many snaps on the defensive line? Oh, you got to run every time. You got to run, 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 run. So Coach Gundy actually emphasized that during practice. We have to run to the ball, run every time. Every time we're running so we could get conditioned to it because the big toe is all about, you know, spread and just getting after it. And again, I have to imagine that's something that Coach Flores loved and, and as far as how you condition your body and how you work out there on the practice field, right? Like that's a good example to set for the other guys on the team, right? Yes, yes sir, for sure. Absolutely. So, uh, you know, you've been in Miami for the better part of a year now, seven, eight months since you signed back in March. Where does South Florida rank among the places you've lived? You've been all over the place. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's like my second home because I come here every year pretty much because I train out here at Balmerito Performance. Uh, so I come here every year during the offseason just to get the good work in. So, it's that weather, right? The weather that brings yeah. you back? Oh, yes, yeah, the weather. It's beautiful weather. You know, it's never cold, well, rarely cold. And, you know, it's just perfect weather. Nice breeze, the beach. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, wore, I wore shorts today. It's a little bit chilly out this morning. <laughs> See? Yeah. It gets up on you. But, I mean, I, I also went to the pool over the weekend, too. So, yeah, I'll tell you that, <laughs> that wasn't a possibility back where I'm from. But, uh, so, you know, talking about that defensive line room, um, you know, Christian Wilkins is a guy that, you know, he's known as a class clown. Guy loves to, to play, loves the game, talks about being – his, his his older version of his fat young self, he calls himself out there on the football field. Have you got a good Christian Wilkins story for us? Uh, you know, you know yeah, I mean, Christian, you're always going to get Christian. You know, he loves Hamilton. Yeah. You know, he sings that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, Christian is, is a good dude that we love to have. He's, he brings great energy to us. You know, we uh, inspire each other. You know, you know we um, – we take pride when we're out there. We take, we make sure everybody is good. We just make sure everybody's working together, playing together, playing hard. He always gets on my my butt, like, "Hey, you got to run to the ball. You're not running to the ball." And I'm like, "All right, my bad. I got to do that." And you know, kind of like hold each other accountable. So yeah, that's cool to hear, Max. That we've heard several of your teammates talk about that. Miles Gaskin talked about the offensive line holding him accountable for certain lanes and finding cutback lanes and things like that. Another one of your teammates I wanted to ask you about is Zach Sealer. This guy lives in an RV. I don't know if you knew that. We learned that last week. This guy owns his own like hunting property, him and his family. Have you ever had any interest in going out and hunting gators with Zach Sealer or going out to the RV park and kicking it down by the by the water or wherever he's at? Actually, we were supposed to go during the uh, off season, but COVID actually messed it up. So I didn't I didn't really get to go. But I'm definitely looking forward to going to check it out because I've never been hunted. So that would be a cool experience for me. Little Steve Irwin action, Crocodile Hunter. I can't, <laughs> I, you guys got to film that because I want to see that. That's something oh, yeah. when you guys do it. Um, last one for you here. So, so I've never seen an episode of Game of Thrones, Emmanuel. Mm-hmm. I, and it probably blows your mind because everyone loves that show. I've heard you're a big fan. Sell mm-hmm. me on why I have to watch Game of Thrones. 
Oof. I mean, it's been a while, uh, but it's like, it's one of those, I've always been to medieval uh, shows and I like stuff like that, but um, I mean, it, to be honest, it's something that you have to take your time because it's going to start off slow. It's going to start off real slow. You just got to give it a chance and it, it picks up, it gets better as it goes. It gets better as it goes. A lot of people stop because it's real slow, but if you just give it some time, you're going you're gonna to love it. You're going to love the show. That's probably a sign of a great show. Like Breaking Bad was the same way, in my opinion, too. So all the great shows tend to have that buildup. Emmanuel Ogba, a team leading five sacks this season, leading the charge for the second-ranked scoring defense in the NFL. How's that sound, Emmanuel? Sounds good. Got to keep going. Got to keep yes, going. Yes, sir. All right, Emmanuel. Thank you for your time today, and enjoy your bye week, man. Much deserved. Thank you. I appreciate it. And so there he goes. My apologies for the kind of strange-sounding audio. I suppose the microphone wasn't quite picking up there. Emmanuel had to get out for a lift. These guys are working all the time, so it's it's 10, 15 minutes here and there to get them because these guys are, are working hard at their craft. And talking to me is probably the lowest thing on the list of priorities. So I always appreciate the player's time and appreciate Emmanuel's time there as well. Let's go ahead and finish up this podcast with the media availability from Wednesday. And we'll hear from Tua Tungavailoa here in just one second. But first, want to go ahead and play some audio from Ryan Fitzpatrick. And I highly encourage all of you to go check out the entire press conference. Very just transparent and open, you know, version of Ryan Fitzpatrick, who's always been a great interview, a great media availability, you know, person to speak to for us in the media. Here's Fitzpatrick on his conversation with Tua Tungavailoa and kind of the next steps for him to help him prepare Tua to get ready for game day here in 11 days. Yeah, I mean, we've talked, you know, this is, this profession is interesting in that, you know, you, I got basically got fired yesterday and then my day of work today consisted of me in Zoom meetings, listening to the guy that fired me and then, you know, locked in a, a spaced out room, uh, you know, with my replacement for four hours today. So uh, there aren't a whole lot of jobs that are like that, but um, I, I know how difficult it is to play the quarterback position. And I know that that room is so important to the guy that's playing in terms of everybody having your back and pulling in the same direction. So, um, you know, today's the day to digest a little bit and we'll get away for the buy a little bit, but, um, yeah, I mean, once this thing starts up again, um, you know, I've got to do my best for Tua to help him out because it's, there's two separate situations here. One is, with Tua and I want him to do well. And I think he's a great kid and I think he has a really bright future. And the other one is, you know, my feelings and uh, just kind of what I'm going through. And that has to be separate from when I walk into this building and, you know, help him out. I've got to separate those feelings from, uh, you know, trying to be a professional and help him out as best I can. And that's certainly what you want to hear there from Ryan Fitzpatrick. And what else would you expect to hear from that guy? Just the the consummate professional that is Ryan Fitzpatrick, a perfect backup quarterback and mentor here to Tua Tungavailoa. And speaking of saying the right things, first up here for Tua, he was asked about what his goals are now that he's in the position to lead this team and to start the Week 8 game going forward here for your Miami Dolphins. Well, my, my goals are to, to do whatever I can do to, to help this team become successful, especially our offense. Um, I mean, everyone knows Fitz has done a tremendous job. Um, and I don't know, I, I, I just feel like I'm, I'm definitely lucky. I'm blessed to be in the situation I'm in where I can continue to learn from a guy like Fitz. And then also, you know, having, you know, the, the mind of Chan, um, him helping 
kind of put me and the offense, I guess, in a situation, like in a good situation. I think that's um, what's going to be important the next um, couple weeks and, you know, the entire season. And a little bit of a hello, though, from baby Caroline in the background at the end of that question. Up next, Tua was asked about the emotions of the moment when he learned he would be the starter and the conversation that he had with Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yeah, I, I was very excited. Um, that's, you know, that's news that I think anyone would love to hear. Um, being named the starter um, at, at any position. Uh, but, you know, at, at the same time, I, I also felt for Fitz as well. And me and Fitz um, had a conversation, you know, just about, about all of this. But, you know, like I've continued to say, I mean, although it, it, it kind of hurts me in a way to see Fitz hurt, you know, I, I'm just very, very, you know, lucky to have someone like Fitz in my corner, regardless of the situation we're in right now. Um, you know, he, he's just, you know, I hate to say it like this, but it is like this. It's like a father and son. <laughs> and we'll go ahead and finish up here with my question for Tua about learning and playing behind Fitzpatrick for the first six weeks of his rookie NFL season. Hey, Tua, uh, you got a chance to game plan and prepare for six opponents and then go out and watch, you know, a master of his craft do it for those six games on game days. How did that accelerate your growth and help prepare you for your first start now 11 days away in the NFL? That's a great question. I think with with having someone like Fitz, you you just don't think like within what you you know. You start thinking of what other people are doing, the defense, how they line to stack formations, how fronts can dictate coverages. I mean, just things that I didn't really need to worry about in college, I think of now. Um, and it really is about the little things. And so it, it's, it's just, like I said, it's just really, really a big blessing that I have someone like him. And, you know, this, it's, it's not like it stops here. It's, it's a continue, continuous competition, you know, with, with Fitz. Um, and what's so cool about it is that I can continue to grow and continue to learn from him through this process. And we heard from Jerome Baker earlier on the podcast, a comment he made two weeks ago back here on media availability. And he was first asked how the team feels about the move to Tua Tungavailoa. I think the team is excited. We're all excited. We're ready to go. Um, you know, we believe in Tua. He, he, does, he definitely can get the job done. We're all excited what we can do. So, I guess we'll see when time comes. Next, Jerome was asked to kind of evaluate or tell us about how the team has viewed Tua's performances and practices, and then he would go on to tell us a great detail, a great story from Tua in training camp. Uh, he's a smart, collective young man. Uh, he's very smart. He's very calm. I think we all excited. We all know what he can do. Uh, I think the one thing that you know surprises me or that surprised me is I always tell the story, um, you know, when he first came in, we went through a few practices. We threw so many different looks at him. Uh, and instead of, you know, getting down on himself or saying it's too hard or whatever, getting emotional, um, after practice, um, it was me and Bobby. He came by and just asked us questions, um, asked for advice. What can he work on? What can he see? Uh, whatever it is that, you know, he can get better. And I think that was the one uh, thing that, that really stuck to me. He just truly wants to get better. He truly wants to help his way. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm definitely happy that he gets his shot. Hi, Rick. Um, 
I'm sure you heard it and you felt it on Sunday when Tua went into the game. Obviously, the fan base is excited to have kind of superstar power as their quarterback. Do you guys feel that from you know, social media or just amongst the locker room, just kind of the national hype around Tua? Uh, I think in the locker room, he's still, you know, our rookie. So yeah, um, he can get all the hype he wants, but he still has to do his, he still have to do his rookie duties. He still has to, you know, uh, honestly, you still have to prove that, you know, he's ready. So, um, you know, we understand this is still, the media is going to give you all the credit and all that, but at the end of the day, you still have to strap on those pads and, you know, uh, gain our trust and gain, you know, the trust of everybody around us that you can do it. So, but the one thing you know, we're definitely, uh, I think we all can agree on is we're behind him hundred percent and uh, we definitely believe in him. Last question, Omar. Bake, I wanted to ask you, uh, did you all as a team get the question addressed in terms of why two or why, why now? Um, no, we didn't get that question. Uh, I think the one thing that, you know, with that is, uh, you know, we just put all our trust and flow in our coaching staff. Um, if he, he says to us, the, the man to lead us, uh, we're going to go with it. We're going to support him. Um, defense is going to support our offense. Just as offense pick us up, we're going to do the same thing. So we're going to come together as a team and uh, you know, just back them up and do what we have to do to win games. And one of the things they can do to help the offense win games and the Dolphins win games in general is keep playing good defense. So here's my question for Jerome about how they can do that. Hey, Jerome, want to ask you about your defense for a second. Uh, you guys really shut down the last two offenses you've seen and really heated the quarterback up in both those games. A lot of new names in the defense this year. How much of that production is just, in your opinion, growing more comfortability in the defense and guys just kind of gelling and coming together? Um, it's a lot. You know, it's definitely a lot. I think as a defense, we're definitely – um, learning what you know different guys is comfortable doing. Uh, we're trusting you know each other more, uh, but at the same time, we, we have so many things we can improve on. I think as a defense, that's what we're so excited about. Uh, you know, we're making plays now, but we left a lot of you know plays that you know, we definitely could have took advantage of. So um, I think as a defense, we're definitely excited. We're hungry, so uh, we got a lot more to prove. And so there you have it. Jerome Baker, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Tua Tungavailoa. We heard from Coach Flores, Jesse Davis, Baker again. Tua again had the Emmanuel Ogba feature in their very busy Wednesday edition here of the Drive Time Podcast. In the meantime, that is going to be my time. No show tomorrow. We're going to come back on Friday and do kind of a six-week recap and what is it, 10-week look ahead to the rest of the schedule here with John Kinjemi of the Audible Podcast, so don't forget to check that out on Friday. You all, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcast, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast from. Go ahead, leave us a rating, leave us a review. That's the best way you can give back to the podcast. Follow me on Twitter at WingfieldNFL. Follow the team at Miami Dolphins. Check out the Fish Tank and the Audible, and of course, MiamiDolphins.com. Until next time, fins up.